Welcome to Wax On, Wax Off, the podcast where a teenager gains wisdom and insight from pioneers and innovators that have come before in search of how to win in every facet of life and change the world. I'm your host, Solomon Cole, and let's get into today's episode. Today's guest is an overall amazing human, successful entrepreneur, and NFT project founder, and I'm so thankful to have him here. I would like to welcome my good friend, Taylor, to Wax On, Wax Off. Woo! Ah, what's up, man? Thank you. I appreciate that. It was yeah. it was awfully nice of you. Thank you for being here. Um, I guess we're just gonna get right into it. Uh, what do you do, and why do you do it? Yeah. So, uh, I kind of wear a whole bunch of hats, right? Um, I mean, this sounds really like cheesy and cliche, but like, first off, I'm a husband and a father, right? And I always want to treat that like that's my primary responsibility, right? Um, and then in terms of like business and what I do, um, it's a whole bunch of things. So founded NFT project, um, a little, well, a lot over like a year and a half ago or so, um, called two plus two and we're kind of running with it. And then, um, I have a history in like e-commerce and online marketing and currently I'm starting a new business that kind of has to do with that. So I'm all over the place right now. I want to ask you, what is your story? your story in, in business and being an entrepreneur in in just you. And, and I guess, how did you get there? Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, so like I was the kid that, you know, you can start all the way at a kid of where, uh, we had this, this old lawnmower in my backyard. Right. And, uh, it, it didn't work. It was broke. And, my dad wouldn't let me use the other lawnmower, but I said, if I go out, my dad basically tricked me. Right. Cause I said, if I go out there and I fix the broken lawnmower, you know, as like an eight year old, then will you let me mow the yard? And my dad's like, yes. (laughs) So I tinkered with that thing for, I don't know, probably weeks. And then, uh, it was literally just a spark plug. And so I convinced my dad, well, I didn't really have to convince him cause he was letting me mow the yard. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went up and down the street to the neighbors and was like, Hey, I'll mow your yard. I started at five bucks, uh, which was, I, I was getting gypped. Right. But I didn't know any better. $5 was a lot of money to me as like a eight, nine year old. So I just went and I was mowing people's yards for $5. And I guess that was the, that, that was the first you know, entrepreneurial thing. And uh, my dad worked in IT, uh, still does, but he owned a car shop uh, and he worked on Corvettes like at nights and on weekends. So I got to see my dad kind of own a business and run it and what that was. And we got to be really involved with that because mainly what he did was is he would buy wrecked Corvettes off of the internet. This was like beginning of eBay. And then we would take the truck and a trailer and go get them and then um, drive them back to North Carolina where we lived. And then we would take them completely apart. And that was where me and my brother came in. And then he would basically resell just the individual parts on eBay. And those parts were worth a lot more than the car was. So he was making money doing that kind of thing. Um, Then in college, I majored in entrepreneurship, uh, business with a concentration in entrepreneurship. And I knew I wanted to own my own business. I knew I wanted to work for myself. But I didn't know what that was going to be or what it was going to look like. And so uh, first couple of years out of college, I went and worked in sales at a computer company. And sales is like this underrated 
uh, I mean, it's not underrated, but it's like a, uh, it is underrated for a lot of like entrepreneurs and a lot of people who want to start their own business. And so I'm glad that I got that experience. And then uh, in 2017, I met this guy at church and uh, he had started selling stuff on Amazon. And so I was really curious about this. I didn't even know it existed. And I asked him to go out to dinner and we went out to dinner and I asked him if he could be my partner. And I said, no, or he said, no. And then I asked him if I could invest in his company and he said, yes. So then I went back home and I had to convince my wife, uh, to let me invest like $6,000 that we had saved up that we were saving to buy our first home with. Mm. Right. And, uh, then very quickly, I actually became a partner with that investment and built an e-commerce company, built a coaching and consulting company, um, got into crypto, all that kind of stuff. Back in uh, like 2012, I had 600 Bitcoin. Wow. And I sold them all for 20 bucks a piece. And I thought I was rich. And yeah, that's that was kind of disappointing to see the price in 2021 mm -hmm. get up to like $60,000. But mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is. So I guess that's that's kind of the the paraphrased version of the story, I guess. Yeah. What are some practices that you use in self-discipline, in keeping up your hard work, in uh, running a business? The first one that I would probably say is like this this idea of like always learning. Um and I read a lot, like I read a lot of books, um, like a lot, a lot. Uh, last year, I had a goal to read one book a week and I ended up finishing the year at like 48. So read 48 last year, trying to do one a week. Um, this year, we're recording this like the first week of March. So we're about nine or 10 weeks into the year and I'm on number 17 currently for this year. So I'm like way ahead of schedule for this year, which is great. Um, but I always want to learn. There's always been somebody who's made a mistake before me. There's always been somebody who has gone through at least a relatable experience before me. Uh, and I just always want to learn. And I think the biggest thing that that helps with like in self-discipline and in running a business and in going through things, right is one of the biggest things that I see is um, people experience like hardship or something doesn't go the way they want it to go, or it's, uh, you know, it's not working the way you want it to work. And a lot of people just kind of quit and just kind of give up. And mm -hmm. I think that making mistakes or having those kinds of times are times where you need to learn and you need to understand why you made the mistake, uh, what happened. And then basically make a plan, put something together to fix it moving forward. And so that's kind of how I try. I attempt to. I'm not perfect at it, but try to treat everything that I do is I'm just going to learn from it. And if I mess up, then great. I'm going to use that as another learning experience. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. That's the whole the whole point of this podcast is that we can learn from other people. We can learn from their success we can learn from their failure and we can grow um you you said you read like over over one book a week how do you how do you read these books so fast yeah so uh i'm definitely a skimmer of a reader okay first okay. off let's just make that clear because there are probably gonna be people out there like no way he could read books that fast <laughs> um 
No, I definitely skim, but I kind of take this, take this, um, take it in, in stride. So like, I'll give you a very, very, very clear example. Okay. So recently I read this book. Um, it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I read this book that is called, I'm looking up the exact title, so I don't mess the title up, but it is called Extreme Ownership. How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win, and it's by Jocko Wilnick. Wil Wilnick? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but mm. um, what's cool about that book is basically um, they he writes it with somebody else, and they were both Navy SEALs, and basically every other chapter is kind of like giving this story from you know one of, uh, uh, from one of their deployments or something that they learned you know while they were serving in in the Navy, um, and then the like on the flip side, every other chapter is like basically business lessons and ownership lessons and um, discipline lessons that they kind of take that story that was in the previous chapter and then lay it out and really explain what their point is. Right. And so mm -hmm. for a book like that, I was honestly like, honestly, you know, there's stories about what they did on deployment and all that kind of stuff and what they learned. Like it's cool and it's great. And I'm not downplaying that by any means, but those I really, truly just like skim through. Because I'm trying to get to the points that are going to help me or change how I do things or adjust how I do things. And I'm not really interested in all the narrative behind it, which I understand why books are written that way. Mm -hmm. And I get it, you know, trying to make it interesting and, and tell a story. And there's a whole, whole long thing we can get into about storytelling. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even with a normal book of, um, I don't know, name a book and it, I'll, I'll do this of where I'm skimming through. And then when I, when I read through, I'm skimming through and I, if a point hits me and I'm like, Whoa, that was actually really good. Then I'm going to go back and I'm going to actually reread it. And I'm mm -hmm. going to like focus on it. And I'll make, I might start back at the beginning of the chapter if I need some context or whatever it is. But my real point is I want to be efficient and, you know, I have two kids. I have a wife. I'm running multiple businesses. Uh, I'm involved at church. I'm, I have a social life too. So it's like in those times, like I want to be as efficient as I can in learning mm -hmm. and efficient as I can in trying to take in as much information as possible. And so that's what I do. I scam. And then the parts that really resonate with me, I just reread. Yeah. Um, you touched on a little bit uh, about you have this work life, you have this family life, and you have this social life. How do you balance that? You have you, you, you said you have so many hats on. And how, how do you balance all of those hats and all of those those different, I guess you could call them lives? Yeah, yeah. So to give a disclaimer here, sometimes I'm really good at it. And sometimes I'm absolute trash at it, right? Okay. Sometimes I, I feel like I do a really good job balancing it. And there are a lot of times where I feel like I'm not doing a good job at all balancing it. Um, I would say in the ideal world, right, in a in a day or a week or whatever, where I feel like I'm balancing it really well, um, I try to just really stick to a routine and I try to really um, have certain prioritizations. And like, it's so cheesy, man. And so cliche of like, actually use a calendar, right? But I'm telling you, if you're like diligent and intentional about it, it changes everything of where so right now, like I said, ideal world, and I've been doing this um, for a while now. But uh, here's what I do. So I get up at six o'clock in the morning. And uh, I, you know, go to the bathroom, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but the first thing I do is I literally uh, do like the daily devotional and the daily prayer in the like Bible app on your phone, just like a very quick five, 10 minute kind of thing. Um, and then I go and work out. And so work out for, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe. Um, and it could be cardio, it could be weightlifting, whatever it is. And then basically after that, I, um, depending on the day, depending on like what I'm doing that day, right then I'll either go take a shower or, uh, as soon as I'm done working out, basically I'm reading. So, uh, what I like to do is with the daily devotional and daily prayer, I take whatever verses those were on and I'll actually go like read through the, the chapter in the Bible that that was on. So like, I have a Bible right here, like sitting on my desk that I'll just, okay. So the verse today was Proverbs eleven twenty or whatever it was. And I'll go and read Proverbs 11. Um, and this Bible is a study Bible. And so what it does is in the, uh, in the margins of it, it gives you reference verses. So, you know, if you're reading something in the gospels and Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, then, and it, it is like the fulfillment of a prophecy back in like Jeremiah or Ezekiel or, something like that, then it tells you what verse and I go back and kind of read those references. Um, and then I try to read a book. So that's the first time that I'm reading something to get my day going. Um, and I try to have all of that done by like 7.30, 7.45. That's usually when my kids wake up is 7.30, 7.45, 8 o'clock. And so try to have workout, read the Bible, read a book, kind of poured into myself. Um, and then from there, it's just like, Sometimes I'll go out and I'll make them breakfast and then now I'm back at work or uh, maybe I'm working because I have a bunch of calls that day. And but there's there's a lot of important things where like I try to go out when they're having lunch or I work from home, which makes this a lot easier because my kids are uh, out there playing. And so if I have a 10, 15 minute break, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play with the kids for 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. And just kind of take that break, refresh myself, hang out with the boys. Um, I try to every day they go and take a nap around 1231. So I try to go put them down for nap. Like that's one of the things that I go and do. And um, and then, you know, basically, if I have some free time, then I'm planning on the calendar like, hey, read or do this or do that. Um, and me and my wife, we um, we don't. We just like we used to do it a lot, but we just like don't watch a lot of like TV or movies or like we just we just don't do it like it, there's nothing wrong with it you know what i mean but like i know a lot of couples and stuff they like watch tv shows together and watch um i don't know watch movies together and all that kind of stuff and i can tell you we've tried to do that uh and we tried it with yellowstone i don't know if anybody's familiar with that tv show uh we started watching it after the fourth season and was out and I think it took us like a year and a half to watch season four. Like by the time we saw <laughs> episodes left in season four and season five was starting. Um, and then we attempted to do it with 1883, which is just like a spinoff of Yellowstone. And we have literally it's got like eight episodes, dude, or 10 episodes or something. And I swear we started watching it like over a year ago. Like we just either don't have the time or not. Like, it's not something that we like, oh, we're going to, we have to sit down and watch something because she reads a lot. Uh, she, a lot of days she reads more than I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It's just us and kind of how we work. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about your relationship with God. What role does that play in running a business and even being, being a dad and a husband? I mean, it plays a, I mean, it plays a huge role, right? Um, 
So the business that I'm currently starting right now, it's called Kingdom Empowered. And uh, the goal with it is to reach as many people for Jesus in a business mindset. So through social media, through content, podcasts, devotionals, um, all of these different things here at the beginning of March, we're getting ready to launch a site that has 160 devotionals, anywhere from seven days up to 60 days on so many different topics. And we're releasing them all for free. You don't have to pay for them or anything. Um, and you know, there's a button to request devotionals. And so like, I'm building this business that is based around my faith. And, um, that really came from, um, you know, own business and all this kind of stuff. And, um, we like to, obviously we're, we're a part of our church, like a big part of our church and are involved in it. Um, and I don't talk about it very openly. Um, and I don't share any kind of details, but um, we like to give money away. We like to support people that we believe in. We like to support ministries that we believe in. And honestly, uh, about six or seven months ago now, um, I had this question kind of pop up in my head after an event that I went to. And the question was, why am I building my business and my ministry completely separately? Why mm -hmm. aren't they one in the same? Um, and I think for years, I kind of had this idea of like, I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to go out into the business world. I'm going to start businesses. I'm going to run businesses. I'm going to make money. I'm going to do all of these things. And then like over here on the side, I'm also going to be a part of church and, you know, uh, support ministries that believe in all, all that kind of stuff. And, and this question kind of hit me of like, why aren't they one and the same? And so now I believe that, you know, I'm working on a, a project where, or a business where I'm going to be able to support myself, support my family, um, support a lot of people around the world, but also, uh, you know, reach people for Jesus. And so it's a huge part of, of what I do and, and what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, being a husband, being a father, it's really cool because uh, I'm actually in this position where my wife actually really pushes me spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, she has Bibles, like multiple Bibles and multiple like notebooks and journals that are just full of writing. And she has to keep getting new Bibles because literally the margins in her Bibles are so full from highlighting and writing notes and all of this kind of stuff. And so she pushes me honestly um, to, to go deeper and, and continue that relationship. And with my boys, it's just, I want to lead by example and I don't want to pressure them. And I don't want to push them into anything because, you know, even if I did push my kids into church and push, like I'm going to take, we take them to church, but push my kids into faith. That's not a real experience. And that's not mm -hmm. a real relationship that they would have with Jesus. I want them to come to that on their own, but I'm going to set an example and we pray with them every day, um, stuff like that. And so, you know, it plays a, a, a huge, huge part in who I am and, and how we run our family. But like I said, we also, um, it's for us. It's not for anybody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Totally. I think that spiritual health in a way is, is mm -hmm. so vital to us because if, whether it's Christianity or it's another religion, it, you have to believe in something bigger than yourself. You have to, you can't have morality without having a creator. That's just, I'm not going to totally get into that, but that's, that's, that's the truth is that you, you, 
if you believe, if you don't believe in something that's bigger than yourself, then you're, you, you feel empty. And I, I've been there. I've been like, no, I'm just going to serve me. I'm just going to serve myself. And it really, it, it, it didn't lead me down the right path to say the least. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that everybody has ways of motivating themselves. Everybody has ways of coping. Everybody has ways of dealing with good things and bad things. And I think that, um, you know, I think that everybody has a different way and whatever way works for you is what you should do and what you should believe and what you should follow. Right. Um, But I think that for me, for me personally, um, if I'm, left to my own devices then it's not good i mean i have a history of doing a ton of drugs and selling drugs and doing all these different kinds of things um that like you know that was who i was at that point in life and so um far from perfect but that was me being left to my own devices and honestly i'm I'm not glad that I did it, but I'm glad that I went through it because it taught me a lot and I learned a lot through it in like retrospect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm not going to be able to be productive. I'm not going to be able to be efficient. I'm not going to be able to be a good husband or a good father or take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah, that's amazing. Um, You've you've done a lot of startup businesses. You talked about Kingdom Empowered. Um, what what is your biggest advice for for people who are trying to start their own business? All right, here's my biggest advice. Um, every reason why you are you haven't already done it. Every reason why you haven't started a business. Every reason why you haven't started a YouTube channel, or you haven't started a podcast, or you haven't written a book, or you haven't done whatever it is that you know is in the back of your head that you have this vision and you have this dream about right whatever the reason is why you're not doing it is just an excuse that's Mm. all it is and you have to be able to like there's this there's this thing i've been saying a lot lately because i read in a book and i've been like preaching it over myself essentially but every day every morning every afternoon every night every second every minute of every day is you versus you Every single one. Um, And everything you do is it's a mental you make this mental decision, whether consciously or subconsciously of whether you're going to do it or not. Right. Where I don't want to get up at 6 a.m. in the morning. I don't like it. Like my ideal sleeping pattern would be 3 or 4 a.m. to like noon or 1 p.m. Like that's what I would actually want to do. Mm -hmm. But it's unproductive. It's I miss out on half the day that my boys are awake. I don't want to do that. Right. So I have to make this conscious decision the night before to not stay out too late, to not to go to sleep at a rate, at a, a, you know, a, a reasonable time. I have to make the decision to set my alarm for 6 a.m. And then once my alarm goes off, I have to make the decision to actually get up and not hit the snooze. If I hit the snooze button, I'm not getting up. That's just me personally. Yeah. And so when the alarm goes off, I have to do this, right? And I could come up with a gajillion reasons in the world why I don't do that or I can't do it tomorrow or whatever it is. And every single one of them is just an excuse. 
Mm-hmm. And so the same principle applies to businesses or YouTube channels or podcasts or books or, I mean, there's a gajillion different things that you can do on the internet these days. Right. Um, and if you're not doing it, it's an excuse. So figure out what that actual core excuse is and then get yourself over it. It's you versus you and you don't have to make any excuses for yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. I was one of those people who would make lots of excuses and a practice that I started using. Well, it's two practices. One's called the one minute rule and you do something, whether you want to do it or not, you do it for one minute and then you give yourself the option to back out. But most of the time when you do something for a minute and you say, I'm actually just going to do it for one minute, you're like, okay, this is actually not as bad as I thought it was. And then you do it. And then the other practice that I use is the three second rule. So if I'm going to do something, I say three, two, one, and then I'm going to do it. And then after I say one, I go and I do it. That's, that's, that's it. Like getting out of bed in the morning early, is like so hard for me. I'm just like three, two, one, I'm going to do it. And then I wake up and then I go about my day. I work out, do all my stuff. Yeah. Um, This is a, a segment that I usually do in the podcast and this is where I, I talk to the successful people on the podcast about the next generation, my generation. And uh, I asked them a few questions. So the first question is. Hold on. This makes me feel so old, dude. I'm, I'm 31 and I'm and we're in different generations. And now I feel like I feel like a grandfather. I feel so old. <laughs> You're not a grandfather. You're like. <laughs> You're like the coolest grandfather. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, you're, by the way, your beard is epic. I love your beard. Oh, I'm trying, man. I'm I trying. wish I could grow a beard. I like. I feel like me with a beard, it'd be so cool. One day. <laughs> One day. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are our biggest strengths as a generation, my generation? Ooh. Okay. 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 I, I, I get this now. Okay. Um, your biggest strengths, you don't accept what older people tell you is truth immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of people look at, especially a lot of older people look at that as a weakness, but I think it's an incredible strength. Um, I also think that, um, whether it's because the world is the way that the world is or whether it's because, um, you know, generational, I don't know. I think that uh, younger people, you know, people in your age range these days, like they, they don't, they don't believe everything they hear as soon as they hear it. Um, And I think that can be healthy or unhealthy. If you put research in and then you actually come to your own understanding, then I think it's great. If you don't, because you just assume that you're right. And then I think it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing that you guys do is you're not, you don't just accept things as being okay. Or you don't just accept like what the norms are, or you don't just want to follow uh, in the past of like what, you know, back in, like I am 31. I was born in 1991 and I don't believe the American dream is real. And mm-hmm. I'm like one of the people who have done the American dream. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's real. Okay. If you follow what the world tells you to do, you're going to end up working a job for 40 or 50 years and never having any fun in life. Like that's not the American dream, but that's what I was told the American dream was, was get good grades in high school, get good grades in college, get a good job, work for 45 years, and then you can retire. And that's such baloney. 
And I think that your generation just not accepting those things as mm -hmm. the norm or what you have to do and looking for other ways to do things. I think that that's huge. Yeah. What would you say are my generation's big, biggest weakness? I think it goes hand in hand with exactly what I just said mm -hmm. is I think it started with honestly mine, but my generation, I'm a millennial and I think it started with millennials, but I think it's this, um, like um rejection of authority figures of where i don't think that you should give authority to everybody and i don't like authority in my own life so i'm talking to myself right now too but i think that um there's definitely this this part of like you know not accepting things and not accepting the norms and not just believing things but i think that that can be a big detriment if you're not seeking out authority figures in life that you can learn from mm -hmm. or people that you're trying to seek of like you're breaking a mold right now with this podcast and going out and finding people like this a lot of i would i would personally say that a lot of people in your generation just want to have a podcast with like them and their friends and talk <laughs> about what's yeah. happening in the world and yeah. like that's great and that's cool if you're entertaining and you're good at it but to be seeking out older people, people who have been through previous experiences before, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I also think like there's this kind of idea that you got that like you or your generation has is like reinventing the wheel, mm -hmm. coming up with new things. And you're really not. You're just <laughs> repurposing things or doing things in a slightly different way. And I think that realization is could be one of the biggest weaknesses. Yeah, totally. Um, what role do you think social media, whether it's a good role or a bad role plays in my generation and all of the generations, I guess, or like my generation, your generation. Yeah. Like, do I think it's good or not? Or... Yeah. Would you say it's good? Would you, would you say it's bad? And no, actually was... if you can, if you could get rid of it, would you yes. get rid of it? You would? Yes. Why? Absolutely. It's terrible. I don't like social media and I don't want to be on social media. I agree. Um, but I have to be because I'm in a business that does social media marketing, right? <laughs> I see it as a business tool mm -hmm. and that's it. Um, but I think there would be a lot of ways to do things without it if it didn't exist, because if it didn't exist, something else would exist that we could use, right? Mm -hmm. um, no, I think it's this really, really terrible thing. Or not terrible. I just don't think it's great. And I think it's especially um, bad because... And everybody's heard this before. And honestly, if you've asked other guests this question, they've probably said the exact same thing. But it's just this um, culture of comparison. Mm -hmm. And what you put on social media is your best. And when you're having a crappy day and you're sitting there scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is, uh, and you're having a crappy day, all you're seeing is people's best. Um, people aren't real on social media. They aren't. And um, they they like to portray whatever picture they think is cool. And nobody does social media for themselves. They do it for the interactions. They do it for other people. They do it for the likes. They do it for the dopamine hits. And they don't really care what anybody says. That's why they do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you can use it as a business tool. But I also think it's very, very, very dangerous because you can get um, consumed with it. And I'm not even talking like, you know, like, like influencers who like you know just do random things and dance and do whatever to make money like honestly i think that's great yeah like if it's going to exist then figure out a way to use it to 
provide for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that there can be a lot of, um, like I see it all the time, man. I see, I have friends and like, obviously I'm not going to say who they are, but you know, I have friends who go on to their Instagram stories and put out this, these, like what they think is like these really inspirational, like stories talking about all this kind of stuff. Like, and I'm just like, why? First off, like you don't have any reach because you don't know how social media works. Like it is what it is. You have a couple hundred followers and they probably all know you. And like, it's just this thing of like, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And it's, if you say, because I'm trying to help other people, I just personally think you're lying to yourself and to whoever (laughs) you're telling that to. I really do. You're doing it for yourself because you want somebody to react you want somebody to message you and be like, oh, my gosh, that was so good. And then it makes you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, I'm smart. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just think it's this comparison of best. And I think it's this this desperate grasp for approval. Um, and no, I don't I don't enjoy it at all. And I would not be on it unless I had to be mm-hmm. or, you know, use it as a tool. Yeah, I think the. I think what you talked about with our generation wanting to wanting to I, I, I guess they, they the not believing whatever it is that that people are telling them. I think that that's really good. And I feel like they want to change, but I feel like they don't know how to change. And they're, they get frustrated with themselves. So then they're just like, well, social media is there. It's instant gratification. So I'm just going to sit on it. And then they build that habit of I'm going to sit on social media. I'm going to stay here. And then Mm -hmm. they completely waste their potential because they, they get frustrated and then they give up. And I feel like that's, that's why I want to do this podcast. It's like for those people or for the people who are like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm doing it for both of you. Right. And I want, I want both of you to succeed because I think that that's how we level up as a generation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think my generation needs to succeed and to go into the right direction? So I, I think it's really funny because I'm going to give this weird answer, right? Because there are a lot of businesses right now, including mine who are testing and figuring things out and trying to figure out the best way to reach Gen Zs or whatever generation you are. They're trying to reach people like you, right? They're trying to figure out a way to reach people like you. And I think the way that, that are you in generation Z? Is that right? Is Gen yeah, Z? Okay. I'm Gen Z. I think the way that Gen Z wins is actually by figuring out how to reach the millennials and how to reach the boomers while they're still here and how to appeal and apply to those people. Because the thing is, is, is right now, right. Um, If you look at like percentage of baby boomers who have discretionary income to spend on things, right. It's a much, much, much higher percentage than say Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to go out and you're trying to make money and you're trying to do something and achieve success, achieve whatever you want to achieve, you're at some point in time, you're going to have to appeal to people who have discretionary income. I'm talking about like businesses and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when you talk about content creation around social media and, um, you know, YouTube channels and podcasts and stuff like that, right? 
the way that advertising works and the way that CPMs work is there are CPMs that are worth a lot more than others based on ads that are clicked and ad money that's spent and all this tracking that YouTube and Google and Facebook do. Um, and if you apply your your talents and your abilities to reaching older people in uh, an appealing way, then I think that that's actually how you win. And it also allows you to build this foundation because I think that something that like got hurt, like millennials, right? We're talking about generations. And so I think something that hurt millennials is we were this generation who was basically told to do exactly what our parents did, which was either they were either baby boomers or like the lost generation gen X or whatever they are. Um, and we were told like, do the American dream, like go get, go get good grades, go to college, get a job, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then millennials have so far been hit with like four once in a lifetime crises that no one else, like, you know, you September 11th and 2008 housing crash and COVID and all these things that like nobody was prepared for and nobody wanted to do millennials just get hit and hit and hit. And so what's crazy is, is I've watched these YouTube videos about how the biggest transfer of wealth is about to happen is happening over the next 10 to 15 years. And basically that transfer of wealth is all of this wealth and property and equity and ownership that the baby boomers have is basically all about to be passed down to their children who are millennials. Mm -hmm. And so this massive wealth transfer is about to happen, but that's the problem is that millennials need that wealth transfer from their parents, right? Mm -hmm. to be able to reach levels that previous generations have reached. And I think that uh, with generation like yours, like don't wait for that. Like you're young enough. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for a wealth transfer to happen when the, like your parents' generation is, is, you know, old and passing away. Um, I think if you can create a foundation now that appeals to all generations and everyone, then that's how you succeed. Yeah. Wow. I, wow that's crazy that like yeah that whole thought of just like you can like I, I guess i think like in my mindset it's always been like appeal to my generation like what would people my age want but like if you can t go for the people with the money you know yeah see the the thing is is that here here's what's crazy is with that mindset that you have right now right appeal to my generation right if you appeal to an older generation that has discretionary income, that has disposable income, and they spend that money on you. And then you become successful, not just like materialistically wealthy, but you become successful and you're successful as a 21, 22, 23 year old or 18 year old or whatever it is, it is right? Guess what's gonna happen is then all of the people who are in your generation and who are your age are gonna wanna be like you and look up to you anyway. Mm because you've achieved something, right? And so like you can accomplish all of the things, you just have to have the right target audience, the right target market. And I think it is, I think that, you know, I think there are a lot of people who are your age or around your age who are just like, I wanna make stuff for me and my friends and these 17 year olds and 18 year olds and 20 year olds and whatever it is, right? And it's like, that's great, but ain't none of them got any money to spend. So yeah, like if you're trying to run a business, then like, good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. This is like 
that, that's mind-blowing. Um, what would you say is the key to your success? I think there are three. Three okay. keys. Uh, the first key would be uh, the amazing support system that's around me. So my wife um my like mentors uh the my friends that i have that i'm just open and honest and vulnerable with um i think that that plays an incredible incredible part of being able to do you know some of the things that i'm trying to do i think the second one would be um what i talked about earlier of where i'm not afraid to make mistakes um i kind of sort of embrace them and I want to learn from them and I want to make things better based off of those mistakes or I want to learn from other people's mistakes and make them better. Um, and the third one is, is that um, I do think it's like a, I don't know if it's a personality thing or how I was raised or what it is, but I kind of goes hand in hand with the last one, but I am very, very, very risk tolerant. I'm okay with taking risk. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with, um, putting it out there. And the thing is, is that, you know, I've spent a lot of money on, you know, this business that I'm starting right now. And if for one reason or another, it doesn't work out, then I'm going to be out a lot of money, but like, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be fine. I'll do whatever I have to do. Like, I'll go get a job if I have to, while I work on starting another company, like it doesn't matter. I'm, I, everything's always going to work out and I'm always going to come out ahead. And so, uh, I'm just, I'm willing to take risks that a lot of people aren't willing to take because they're scared they're going to lose what they have. Um, and I just don't, I don't have that thought mm. or that like bone in my body of like being afraid of it. Mm. What is your favorite part of starting a business, running a business? Is it the journey or is it the fruits at the end? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think being able to be in a position like I love I I say this a lot to my friends. I thrive in chaos like I love it like I want there to be 400 million things going all at once and you have to figure out what you're supposed to do. Like those are the moments where I think that you work off of like basic instinct mm -hmm. and some of the best decisions are made um, because you don't have time to be emotional about it. Uh, you don't have time to like think about it. You just, or process it. Like you just have to go. And if you make a mistake and you make the wrong decision, then you can adapt back just as quickly. Right. You don't have to like take this time. You just adapt and move. Um, I think that when I look at like the journey versus the fruits, I mean, yeah, sure. The fruits are great. And, um, money doesn't buy happiness, mm -hmm. but it does relieve a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I'll say it that way. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would go with both. I don't think I would pick one over the other. Mm. How do you define success? Uh, making a difference or leaving a legacy. Mm. It's not about a dollar amount or the follower amount. Um, it's about the people, your clients, your customers. Are you actually impacting them in a positive, meaningful way? Are you actually making a difference in the world? Um, and are you actually leaving a legacy for the people are going to come after you. And mm. that's what I would define it as. Mm. What is your biggest life advice? Biggest life advice. Just go do it. Do it. Whatever it is, just do it. 
it's you versus you and you don't have you're you're sitting here going oh, i would love to start a business but i don't have the money there are ways to figure out how to do it with no money you don't have to have money to start a business um you don't have time that's a bunch of baloney you do have time i don't care if you have 14 kids and you uh, you have time somewhere even if it's for seven minutes a day that's making progress more towards than what you're doing right now um, I, I could come up with a further list of excuses, but like literally sit down, think about, write down what your goals are, what your dreams are, what you're trying to achieve, and then break it down to what you actually need to do over the next year, the next two years, the next six months, the next three months, the next month, the next week to try to make that happen by whatever the time frame is that you put on it. And then just do it and don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Don't let yourself tell you that you can't. Um, it's you versus you. Mm -hmm. Don't lose yourself. I always picture this thing of like, um, so the game chess, right? Of every day of your life, you are playing yourself in chess. Okay. And you're like, you move the white piece and then you go around the other side of the board and you move the black piece. And then you go around the other side of the board and you move the white piece, so forth and so on, right? Every single day. And I realize in chess, you can draw... For my example, we're taking that out. You can't draw. You can only win or lose. And so what that means is every day you choose, like you're you're always, the game's always going to end, mm -hmm. right? And you get to pick whether you won or you lost because you're playing both sides. And it's like this cup half full versus cup half empty thing, but that's not what it is, is you do have the ability and the, the brain power to choose whether you're going to win or whether you're going to lose. And just don't lose. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. And I get that. And I understand that. But don't lose to yourself. Like, you're like, I, I know for guys, especially, right? There's like this competitive nature, right? Of like, you go out and maybe you're on like a basketball court and you're playing pickup basketball. And even if you suck at basketball, like, you still want to like, be a part of the team you still want to get a rebound you still want to shoot the butt like you still want to do it you still want to be there you're going to be competitive take that same energy and apply it to yourself against yourself and see what happens mm. what are you trying to overcome in your life right now what am i trying to overcome in my life right now these are deep dude um what am i trying to overcome right now whether it's like in discipline, maybe it's in one of your companies. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it's always uh, the, you know, it could be. Um, I mean, I'm always trying to make myself better. I'm trying to lose weight right now. It's a mm -hmm. big thing. I'm down like 15 pounds in the past month, like a really, really healthy 15 pounds Amazing. from working out and eating better and doing all the things that I need to do. Um, so like, I'm trying to overcome that and it's come from this place of, I, I, here's what it is, is that everything is mental. That's what I'm trying to overcome right now. Mm. Um, because like working out or getting up early or all these kinds of things, right. I, for a long time, I re I very recently had this mind shift of where, um, everything is mental. And so for so long, I thought getting up earlier, going and working out was a physical thing. And I didn't do it because I was tired or I didn't feel great or I didn't want to like physically do it. But at the end of the day, it's a mental thing, not a physical thing. Mm -hmm. You have to mentally choose to get up and do it. 
And I think that that also applies like spiritually of mm -hmm. you mentally choose whether you're going to put a priority on spending time with God or not. You mm -hmm. mentally choose 100%. whether you're going to read the Bible or not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's like really easy to not do. Um, you, you make a mental decision whether you're going to spend time in prayer or not. Right. You make a, all of these things are mental. And I think I'm trying to overcome that of as soon as doubt or negativity or hesitation comes in, like, no, don't lose to yourself. Like, it's just a, it's a new thing for me that I'm kind of going, like, I'm talking about it. Like, this is the way I live my life, but this is the way I live my life for like the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to overcome that and be better at it and not let doubt or hesitation or insecurity um, or vulnerability um, overplay themselves and make me think that I'm losing to anyone but myself. Mm. What is your next big goal? My next big goal, honestly, like for me personally, is probably to like, it's been almost, it's been like 28 days of getting 27 days, 28 days of getting up and working out. And the next goal is to make it 60 days. I'm I break everything down really small so like I don't I don't I mean I could tell you what I'm working towards like a year or two or three years from now but that's not really a goal I don't really keep that front of mind because if you do that then it becomes very very overwhelming very very quickly of like how am I supposed to get from here to there mm -hmm. um I yeah. want to keep things like here in the now within 30 to 60 to 90 days mm -hmm. um but keep this routine i've been doing it for like i said 27 28 days straight i want to crush 30 and then i want to get to 60 and it's just making me a better person it's making me more productive um yeah mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much for your wisdom um anything you want to tell the people kingdom empowered is out there if you uh i don't care if you're like a You've been in church your whole life or you've never been in church you don't know anything about jesus um come check us out because we're not the people who are we're not out here to condemn we're not out here to judge we're here to love and we're here to share information and none of us are like i'm not a pastor i'm not a theologian i'm just a normal guy um and we want to share that with people and so we're on all the socials and all that kind of stuff but just search kingdom empowered and like i i said earlier um, by the time that anybody's listening to this, our devotional page will be out where it has hundreds of devotionals you can do on any variety of topics, uh, all completely for free. And if there's a topic or something that you want a devotional on, that's not on there, uh, you can just hit the request a devotional button and request it and we'll get it made within a week for you. So, uh, come check us out, see what we're doing see what you think. All right. Thank you so much. All of those links will be in the show notes. Uh, thank you for listening and yeah bye everyone